Hello everyone, this is Mrs. Dimpoya back with Drama Llama Classroom Podcast. Today we are continuing on our military journey and we are discussing the United States Marine Corps. So that is the Marines. And we are going to talk about everything having to do with the Marine basic training slash boot camp. So we've already talked about the ASVAB, we've already talked about MEPS and that whole process regardless of what branch you go into. So now if you're interested in the Marines, we are going to talk about everything Marine life for those 13 weeks of boot camp. That's right, your boot camp is 13 weeks long. And for the boot camp, there are two different locations. These locations are Paris Island in South Carolina. If you are a female trying to become a Marine, you will go to Paris Island, South Carolina. That is where all the females attend. Um, there's also another location, San Diego, California. So if you are a male, you will either go to San Diego, California or Paris Island, South Carolina. If you are a female, you will only go to Paris Island, South Carolina. Your ASVAB AFQT minimum score is a 32. So in order to qualify to be a Marine based on your ASVAB AFQT score, you have to have a 32 or higher. And again, we've talked about this. You really want as high of a score as possible to give you the best outlook when choosing jobs. Speaking of jobs, in the Marines, your job is called your MOS, your Military Occupational Specialty. All right, and then once you get to the Marine Corps Recruit Depot, um, or MCRD for short, this is AKA your basic training. Once you get here, you have, um, your weeks are breaking up, broken down into three different phases. So phase one is weeks one through four. This is where you will go through lots and lots of physical conditioning, including martial arts classes and classes on the Marine Corps history. And also you'll be taking first aid. Your first stop once you get here though is going to be called recruit receiving. And this is where you're gonna spend your first couple days. Um, basically this is where you get your amazing haircut. You'll get your gear issued to you, your clothing issued to you, like your uniforms. And this is also where you'll give it, uh, be given medical and dental screenings. So this is where they will also give you another drug test. So if you pop positive on that, they will send you back home. They will send you packing. They have a zero tolerance on that. This is the week that you will also take your, um, I'm sorry, not this week. The first couple days is where you'll have your recruit retraining. Uh, receiving and you'll do all of that including your immunizations um, you will also have your first initial strength test um, usually within week one or so and this is going to be a one and a half mile run it will include sit-ups and pull-ups and not push-ups pull-ups to make sure that you are in shape to begin training um, during this time you're also going to learn about the Marine Corps values of honor courage and commitment and you will also learn about weapons handling and you will complete the confidence course. If you'd like to see what this confidence course looks like, be sure to go to www.dramalamaclassroom.com and click on our military tab and you can find um, all the videos for everything marine life at basic training here. Phase two is then going to be weeks five through nine and this is where you will be doing weapons field training battalion where you will be doing close combat skills and master marksmanship training. You will learn about your rifle and using your rifle, and you will develop proficiency and confidence with using your rifle, okay? 
So during these weeks, you're basically going to be doing field training and getting more rifle qualifications, as well as going through grass chamber training, everyone's favorites. Um, you'll also be doing the field firing range, and you will start the crucible event, which many people love to hate, but it is a key factor in going through boot camp with the Marines. So the crucible. Um, this is how you are forged. You are forged by the fire of the crucible. It is 54 hours. You will walk approximately 48 miles in those 54 hours. You will be carrying 45 pounds of gear, estimated. Um, there are 36 warrior stations and 29 team building exercises. You can expect in those 54 hours to get maybe six hours of sleep and maybe two MREs. MREs are meals ready to eat. Okay, so basically you're gonna be very, very sleep deprived. You're gonna be very, very tired. You're going to be doing lots of walking. You'll be doing lots of warrior stations and team building exercises, and you'll not be eating a whole lot. But it is a rite of passage. So keep that in mind. You will have the crucible event. Um, again, at this point, you will have been walking and doing ruck marches, as they're called, for quite some time already. Um, but just keep in mind that that is an event that happens during phase two. Phase three is weeks 10 through 13. And this is where you're going to do your swim qualifications. Yep, did you know in the Marines you had to qualify for a swim test? Yes, you do. You will also take a defensive driving course. You will be tested on the Marine Corps history, first aid, physical training, drill and inspections. And then finally, you will have your graduation day. So let's break things down a little bit. What is the confidence course? So the confidence course is an 11 station obstacle course and it helps you build your confidence um, as well as your upper body strength. Okay, you will go over this course twice during your 13 weeks of training. So be aware that it is going to test your upper body strength limits. And if you're afraid of heights, it's gonna test that too. Okay, it's meant to build your confidence. What about PT? So PT is physical training. And basically this is going to be a progressive physical training program. And it's going to build you up to Marine Corps standards. Okay. So sometimes you will have training in which a drill instructor is leading all of you through a series of exercises, um, kind of like if you went to a fitness class. Then there'll also be times where you'll be running or doing individual PT or doing it as a platoon or as a squad. And other times you'll be doing obstacle courses, circuit courses, or three, five, and 10 mile conditioning marches which is where you will have your 45 to 50 pound rucksack on and you will march for three, five, or 10 miles at a time. In addition to this, you also have marksmanship training and that is teaching you the fundamentals of marksmanship with an M16 A2 service rifle, okay? This training is gonna go take place over about two weeks and during this time, you are going to be introduced to the four shooting positions, standing, kneeling, sitting, and prone. And a primary marksmanship instructor is going to show you how to fire and adjust your rifle sights and how to take into account the effects of weather might have on your aim. Um, in addition, you might have the opportunity to use the indoor simulated marksmanship training machine. Um, so just think of a simulated gun indoors. 
And then the second week, you will have a firing a long a long distance course. So you'll be shooting at 200, 300, and 500 yards. And then you will have your rifle qualification on a Friday, which means you have to pass that rifle qualification, showing that you know not only how to take care of your service rifle, but how to use it and how to accurately shoot. In addition to this, we also have field training, which is going to introduce you to field living conditions. So this can be a three-day training evolution. You're gonna learn basic field skills, um, like setting up a tent, how to take care of sanitation, and camouflage, okay? You are also going to get the opportunity to go through the gas chamber during that field training. That's when the gas chamber happens. While you're at field, you will have field firing range, which is a portion of training where you will be firing weapons in a field condition, okay? You'll learn how to fire at a single target while in a stationary position, and then you're also gonna learn how to fire at a moving and multiple targets while in low light conditions and wearing your gas mask. During all of this, you will also be doing drills, which is basically how you march and move from place to place. And so in the beginning, you're just gonna practice, you know, standing step in step with the rest of everybody else. And then they're going to have competitions later on. Um, and this is to install discipline, team pride, and unit cohesion. So you can look forward to that. And then you also have your combat water survival. So that swim test we're talking about. You also have combat water survival, which tests your confidence in the water. So with this, it means you have to do a, a variety of water survival and swimming techniques. And be aware that during this time, you will be practicing in your camouflage utility uniform. Um, and if you end up upgrading to a different level to get certified, you may be required to drain in full combat gear, including your rifle, helmet, flak jacket, and pack, just depending. So you will be wearing clothing during your combat water survival course. So while we're still talking about all of this after your graduation and all that good stuff, what are the physical requirements to be a Marine? Marines have a reputation as being one of the hardest physical military branches, right? So how physically fit do you have to be to be a Marine? Well, we're going to answer that with our initial strength test requirements. This means that during that first phase one, this is what you have to be able to do in order to continue on with boot camp for the Marines. My males, you guys have to be able to do three pull-ups, 44 crunches, 34 push-ups, and then run a mile and a half in 13 minutes and 30 seconds or less. My females, you guys have to be able to do one pull-up, 44 crunches, and 15 push-ups along with running a mile and a half in under 15 minutes. Also, don't forget about that swim test. That is where you are going to be jumping from a high dive, um, wearing either your uniform or heavy equipment that could pull you underwater. You will have to learn how to shed that equipment and then safely stay afloat. Keep your heads above water with like uh, prone floating and also swimming. So it is very important if you're planning on joining the Marines that A, you have a basic understanding on how to swim and how to do the basic um, strokes for swimming and be that you are very, very comfortable in water. If not, before you ship out, you really want to make sure that you are practicing, going to a pool, um, 
or a lake or some body of water and practicing your swimming, practicing your floating, and just getting comfortable with being in the water. In addition to this, you also, as I mentioned in the very beginning, you have a martial arts program. It is the Marine Corps Martial Arts Program. And once you pass your final test, you will earn a tan belt. And um, there are five different colors you can get. And tan is the lowest level of that system. And as you advance throughout your career, you will be able to get more training and earn different color belts in the Marine Corps Martial Arts Program. Um, Again, before graduating, your physical fitness test, you are going to have to do a maximum set of pull-ups and a flexed arm hang for female um, recruits if they cannot do the pull-ups, two minutes of sit-ups, and a three-mile run, a timed three-mile run. That is the physical fitness part that you have to complete before graduating. You also have a combat fitness test, and this consists of an 880-yard sprint, two minutes of 30-pound ammunition can lifts, and a timed 300-yard shuttle run in which you will perform a series of combat-related tasks during this shuffle run. So, best thing you can do um, to practice with the ammunition can lifts is to go ahead and get yourself a 30-pound kettlebell or get yourself a 30-pound slam ball or medicine ball and practice lifting that up above your head. Okay? So that about wraps up our segment on Marine Boot Camp. If you want more information, you can go to our website and there you can see written information as well as watch videos about certain aspects of Marine Boot Camp and what to expect. I hope that this segment was beneficial to you and keep on listening to our upcoming episodes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Drama Llama podcast. This is Mrs. Demboya, and today we are still in part of season one episodes, and today we are going to be talking about the Air Force. So we've already discussed uh, the ASVAB, the process of MEPS, and today we're going to get into what life is like at basic training for the Air Force. Now, please keep in mind in all of these episodes, this is talking about what happens generally Pre-COVID-19, there are different things that are happening during COVID-19. So if you are processing and going and being shipped out during the COVID-19 crisis, then things will be a little bit different, obviously. Um, However, the things they have in place are not meant to be permanent. They are only for the duration of the COVID pandemic. And so that's why I want to focus mainly on what would happen in a normal non-COVID situation. So first things first, your minimum ASVAB AFQT score is going to be a 36. You will notice that this is a higher score than the Navy, the Marines, and the Army. The only other branch that has a higher score requirement for the AFQT is going to be the Coast Guard. So in order to qualify to join the Air Force, you need a minimum of a 36 on the AFQT portion of your ASVAB. So in addition to this, in the Air Force, your job is going to be called an AFSC, and that stands for Air Force Specialty Code. So your job will be called an AFSC. And how you qualify for each job depends on a combination of your scores on different sections of the ASVAB. 
So if you go to our website, dramalamaclassroom.com, and you click on Beyond the Classroom, and you click on the Military tab, you will be able to see a list of all of these different jobs that are available to you. You can see what ASVAB requirements are for each job. So you can see, one, if you're interested in a job, and two, if you qualify for that job based on your ASVAB scores. So again, it's very important when you take the ASVAB that when you get your scores back, you don't just keep track of your AFQT score, but you wanna make sure that you know what you scored on every single subcategory of that test. And that way you know what you're qualified for job-wise and what you are not qualified for. So moving on from that, um, your basic training is going to be about eight and a half weeks. And then after basic training, you will go and ship off to a new destination for job training, okay? So basic training is more getting you accustomed to being an airman, and then your job training after you graduate boot camp is gonna be based on you learning how to do your actual job. In the Air Force, there is only one basic training location during non-COVID season, and that is San Antonio, Texas. So if you ship out during the summer, just keep in mind that it's probably going to be very hot and very humid and you will be doing PT, uh, physical training. So just keep that in mind that you will be shipping out to San Antonio, Texas. If you join the Air Force, that will be your boot camp location or basic training location. So speaking of physical fitness, um, back in the day, you used to be able to kind of come in even if you weren't that fit and they would take it easy on you, quote unquote, and they would put you in a program that would help you get up to standards. They're no longer doing that, and in most of the branches now, you have to meet certain requirements from the jump if you want to continue through basic training. So for the Air Force, that means that when you first get to basic training, if you are a male, you have to be able to run a mile and a half in under 18 minutes and 30 seconds. You have to do eight push-ups in a minute and 11 sit-ups in a minute. If you are a female, you have to run a mile and a half in under 21 minutes and 35 seconds. You have to be able to do five push-ups in a minute and nine sit-ups in a minute. Okay, so this is from the jump. These are things that you need to be able to do. So when you're at home waiting to ship out, these are things that you can be working on and getting up to standards on that so it's not an issue once you get to basic training. Also keep in mind that there are pull-ups that happen during basic training. It's just not a requirement for graduation necessarily. But it was also going to improve your experience if you can already do a couple of pull-ups. Um, and for females, if you can do a hang, um, which is just keeping your elbows flexed at 90 degrees and holding your body weight um, for an extended period of time. So in addition to practicing your run, practicing your push-ups and sit-ups, also practice on working on doing body weight pull-ups. So that's just in order to start basic training, essentially. Those are the requirements to start basic training. By the end of basic training, in order to graduate, men, you guys have to be able to run that one and a half miles in under 11 minutes and 57 seconds. You had to be able to do 33 push-ups in a minute and 42 sit-ups in a minute. Um, females, you guys have to do that one and a half mile run in under 14 minutes and 26 seconds, 18 push-ups in a minute, and 38 sit-ups in a minute. Um, and that's 
at the end of basic training. So you will be practicing and doing all of these things throughout training. And so you should be well adapt to pass these requirements for graduation. But keep in mind that what we spoke about earlier about your entry requirements, those are real. So make sure that you are practicing and you are working on getting your physical fitness up to par for the jump. Now, if you can get to where you can already do everything for graduation before you ever get to basic training, it's going to make things a lot easier for you because you will have the physical condition um, to complete these activities. So now that we've kind of gotten that out of the way, we are going to be talking about what to expect, uh, more or less a week-by-week play-by-play of what to expect when you're in basic training for the Air Force. Again, it is eight and a half weeks and it is in Texas. So your first week is called Zero Week and it's basically where you learn very, very basic things. You'll do your in-processing, which is where you'll get your famous haircut that everyone loves. Um, You'll learn your code of conduct. They will do your more drug and health screenings. Um, Please note, if you pop positive on your drug and health screening during your zero week, you will be um, discharged from the Air Force. They have a zero tolerance policy. So you don't get a slap on the wrist. They actually will just send you home at that point. Um, Aside from that, you will be given your flight assignments. Um, Basically, this just means the division that where you live um, for the duration of basic training. Since there are so many of you, they break you up into different divisions. Um, You will learn how to do basic marching and drill movements, how to stand watches, what your dorms kind of look like. You will also get your first uniform, um, clothing, and equipment issued to you. And all of your civilian stuff will be shipped home. And you will learn how it is appropriate to enter different areas um, within the military and what you had to do in order to be granted access. So that's basically zero week. Um, During that week, you'll also get your immunizations or your shots, um, all of that good stuff. You'll start working a little bit on PT. And then during week one, um, which is basically when your basic training really starts, um, that's when you will do medical and dental appointments. Um, You can continue to get immunizations. You'll get your ID card. You will take a human relations class. You will learn your role as a warrior. You will take a nutrition class. Um, You'll learn about weapons issuing and weapons cleaning. And this is when you'll also learn how to report and salute. And this is when you will do your first PT evaluation. So what we were talking about earlier, week one is when this happens, okay? So that very first week after zero week, is when you will have your initial PT evaluation. You have to pass that in order to continue on with basic training. Then during week two, you're going to do more personal fitness. Um, Expect to do personal fitness pretty much all the time. Okay, Um, even if I don't mention it, just you can assume you're going to be doing a lot of physical conditioning. Okay, you will learn about dorm inspections, personal appearance and um, uniform inspections, that kind of thing. You'll learn about temper tent training drill positions, and more marching. And this is also when you will learn about job classification interviews. So this is where you'll be doing interviews to see if you are classified for the jobs that you are interested in. And that pretty much rounds us out for week two, leading us into week three, 
which is where you'll do personal interviews, you will do flight drills, you'll learn how to do a parade march, you will also learn about self-aid and buddy care and the buddy system, along with security, how to mentally prepare yourself for combat, you will also learn about leadership, um, you will take your flight pictures, um, aka your boot camp pictures, these are when you take those, and you will also have your formal retreat. And again, personal training, physical training, physical conditioning, whatever you want to call it, you'll be working out. Week four is when things get a little bit more in depth. So week four is when you will do your first BMT obstacle course. And there's a link on our website so you can see kind of what this looks like and what to expect. You'll also learn about anti-terrorism and force protection. You'll go through more security training and you'll also have a tactical course in addition to doing nuclear, biological, and chemical training. Okay, this means the gas chamber. So if anyone's ever told you about the gas chamber in basic training, this is it. Um, so this is where this happens, is week four. So you can prepare yourself, I guess, as best as you can. Basically, you're gonna be put into a chamber. You are going to have your, um, your gas mask on. You're going to be asked to remove it. And then they're gonna ask you to say your name and your social security number. And then once they get through everybody, then you guys can um, go from there. It is meant to be stressful. Um, it's recommended that you eat very light that day before you go into the gas chamber. It can cause physical reactions just depending on how your body deals with that kind of um, chemical issues and such and the stress as well. Um, so that is week four. And this is also when you're gonna get your second uniform clothing issued to you. So while we're talking about the uniforms, um, basically the first time that you get issued in week one, you're gonna get your duffel bag, and then you're gonna get a, uh, a pair of combat boots, a pair of running shoes, a pair of leather gloves. You will get your BDU coats and caps. Um, BDU stands for battle dress uniform, and so it's kind of what you wear every day. You'll also get your trousers for that. You'll receive a belt and belt buckle. Um, you'll also get six briefs, aka underwear. Women, you'll be given a one-time cash allotment to go buy your own underwear. Um, don't expect anything fancy though. You'll also be given cotton socks and wool socks along with brown undershirts that you wear underneath your BDUs. You'll get two towels. You will also get your physical conditioning shirts and shorts. Um, one pair of sweatpants and one sweatshirt. So that's week one, kind of what you get. Now, the next time that you get your uniforms issued is a little bit more fun um, because it means you're halfway there and you get your fancy stuff. Okay, you get your long sleeve blue shirts, your short sleeve blue shirts, your blue pants, you get your service coats, a lightweight jacket, an all weather coat. Um, you'll get five white t shirts that you wear as an undershirt and you will get your ties and your insignia and your shiny low quarter shoes, okay? Um, so that's when things get a little bit more exciting. That's your fancy, um, quote unquote, uniform versus the everyday uniform that you would have been used to wearing by this point. So moving on from that, that gets you into week five and that talks about mental combat preparation. You will get your CPR certification. You'll go again over codes of conduct, you will learn about basic situational awareness. 
You will learn about your ceremonial drills um, slash marching. You'll learn about basic leadership and you will participate in marksmanships. Uh, marksmanship is basically shooting ammunition is normally in the style of a type of gun. Generally, it's going to be a 9mm or something very similar to that. Okay, week six, you'll have some more drills. You will also have a meals ready to eat brief. You will take a tactical assault course. Um, you'll watch a code of conduct video. You will learn about deployment processing and about equipment issuing. And then that leads into week seven, where you'll learn about military citizenship, the history of the Air Force, the Air Force as an organization. You again, as I was talking about earlier, will get that nine millimeter pistol training uh, where you will have to actually shoot this firearm. So be aware that you are going to have to get comfortable around firearms regardless of what type of specialty code you're getting slash job you're getting. You're still gonna have to be comfortable using firearms. Week seven is also where you will have your final PT evaluation. So what we talked about in the beginning of this episode, you will have your final PT evaluation and have to meet those requirements. Um, you will also learn more about ethics and combat stress recovery, as well as environmental awareness. And that leads out to week eight. Woohoo, you're almost there. This is where you'll have your Air Force coin ceremony and you'll learn more about your technical school or the school that you're going to to get more information on your job and learn how to do your job. That's when you get more information on that. You will um, learn about what happens after graduation if you get Liberty um, or a town pass, as it's called. You will get your travel orders to travel to your technical school. You will have your airman's run and your graduation parade. Congratulations, you have done it. So one of the big things that a lot of people are interested in is Beast Week, um, which is the Air Force. It's Beast Week. Generally, it's going to be at some point between weeks six and seven. Um, and it starts on a Monday. And you guys are going to set up camp with your instructors. You will go over your combat lessons and procedures. And then the very next day, your war is going to start. And it will not end until that Friday afternoon. So Beast Week stands for Basic Expeditionary Airman Skills Training. And this is where you get to show what you know. Okay, this is where you're putting everything you've learned into practice in the field, quote unquote. It's a simulated field. But we still want to know what you know. So this is where everyone in the basic training class, which is generally about 800 or so recruits, you will all march to the Beast, which is a field training site. Um, it's towards the west end of Lackland Air Force Base. And it is a designated simulated combat deployment site. Once you are here, you will see there are four camps and these camps are called zones. And each camp consists of 10 green canvas tents that you will be sleeping in. And then there are also another two tents. One is going to be a field hospital, and the other one will be your command post. And in the center of these tents is a three-story tower, and this is where the instructors will be keeping watch on you. You will also see a concrete-type building, which is going to be used as like an armory or bomb shelter, and each zone is also going to include five defensive firing positions and an entry control point. Each zone is self-contained unit and they are responsible for operating and defending itself, okay? So you're going to work together as a team to show that you know how to defend yourself and you know what steps are appropriate and how to react to different crisis situations. So before you head out for the beast, the instructors are going to choose one zone leader. Remember, there's four zones. So there'll be four leaders. 
and then 10 small unit leaders for each zone as well, okay? And these student leaders are going to be responsible for the day-to-day quote-unquote war operations in their zone. And you'll be scheduled manning for the defensive firing positions and the entry point, okay? So they will be responsible for manning that. You guys are going to be sleeping in your tents, and then you wake up at around 5.45 each morning. And that's when you're going to be, you'll be given an intelligent briefing on what the current threat is. And then throughout the remainder of that day, you are going to endure simulated attacks, and you will have to take action accordingly and react appropriately. Some of these attacks will be chemical or biological, and others will be more hand-to-hand conventional attacks. These attacks can come from the air or from ground forces or suicide bombers. Please remember this is all simulated, but it, it simulates what could happen out in the field. These attacks can take place anytime, day or night. Don't plan on sleeping a whole lot, okay? Um, so you guys will be pulling two-hour shifts as the camp guards throughout the day and night. And as such, you will always be required to wear body armor and helmets and to carry a rucksack loaded with three MREs, which are meals ready to eat. Um, with your mop gear, which is like a chemical suit for if you have um, chemical warfare, it has your gas mask and all that in it, as well as two canteens full of water and your M16 rifle, which you will have already practiced with and gotten familiar with. Okay, this is what you will be wearing for 24 hours a day for four days. During this time, as you react as a group and as a team, your instructors will praise you when you do things correctly, and then they will let you know when you've done something incorrectly. While you're here at the Beast, it also includes a one and a half mile improvised explosive device trail with simulated roadside bombs. So this is going to test whether or not you can tell an old soda can from an IED. You will learn to spot the IEDs and then use the trail in training scenarios. And then once you get, you will then be broken into teams of two and you will negotiate a combat obstacle course, which is where you'll be hiding behind walls, crawling under netting, rolling behind bushes, that kind of thing. So basically during Beast Week, um, plan on eating very quickly because you never know when an attack could happen. And also don't plan on a whole lot of sleep during this week. However, most people say it is one of their most memorable times at basic training. So now that we've discussed kind of what happens on a weekly basis, we're going to talk about what happens daily, what your typical day at basic training is like. You can expect to wake up at 4.45 in the morning. If you are used to sleeping until 10 o'clock, I recommend you start working on a new sleep pattern and you get into better sleeping habits where you wake up at 4.45. That's gonna make it that much easier when you're at basic training. You're already be used to waking up that early. Um, Then at five o'clock, you'll have formation. Then from five to six, you will have uh, physical conditioning, aka exercise, workouts, that kind of thing. Um, They alternate what you do each day. Some days it'll be running, other days it'll be aerobic exercises and things like that. From six to 6.15, you will have breakfast. Um, So know that that's not a whole lot of time for breakfast, but it's not social hour and it's not meant to be social hour. You are there for one purpose, to intake food that gives you the energy to complete the rest of your assignments for the day. 
from 6.30 to 7.45, you will have your dorm set up. And then generally from 8 to 11.30, that's when you would have any uniform issued shots. Um, you'd do drills, you'd go to classes. Anything like that is gonna happen generally from 8 a.m. until 11.30. You are designated an hour for lunch, so 11.30 to 12.30 for lunch. After lunch from one until, until five o'clock, you're gonna have more classroom instruction. And then from five to six, you will be eating dinner. So you have a whole hour allotted for dinner. And then basically from seven o'clock until 8.45, you will be setting up the dorm for nighttime. And nine o'clock is lights out. So you're generally in bed by nine and you're up at 4.45. However, this is boot camp. This is basic training. That can change. There are some days you might end up being woken up at 2 a.m and you might have gone to bed at maybe midnight the night before. Things can change, things will vary because they want to make sure you are flexible because you never know what's going to happen when you're actually in the field. So, that is a typical day at basic training. If you want to prepare yourself better to get a sleep schedule down, practice going to bed at nine o'clock, putting your phone up, nothing like that. Lights out, in bed, trying to wind down to go to sleep by nine o'clock at night and have that alarm set at 4.45 in the morning, okay? There's no sleeping in in basic training. Um, aside from that, you can go to our website if you would like more resources on preparing fitness-wise to join the Air Force. Um, there's also the DEP Air Force app, which is once you've already um, completed MEPS and you're in the DEP program, it has information on you to help you with your physical uh, fitness requirements and it also has stuff that you can study based on the values and mission and the history of the Air Force, uh, as well as how to recognize rank and how to recognize um, Air Force specialty codes around you. It's got all of that in there. You can download that app at that point. So I hope you found this episode on the Air Force educational and helpful. And again, if you ever need resources or you want to look more into what those Air Force specialty codes are and what your ASVAB scores are needed for it, um, as well as if you want to check out videos, I've linked to different YouTube videos about different parts of basic training for the Air Force in our website. So again, dramalamaclassroom.com. You can go there and find out all the information you need to be an amazing airman in the United States Air Force. Hope to see you on the next episode.